Jaspers took away. Jaspers gets your money's worth. Now, that was What's up and welcome back to Pro Pels Talk episode 76 presented to you by Boo Crew Media and Company Burger, the best burger in the city located at 4300 Ferret Street. We have an absolutely loaded show today as I'm joined by the Rattler brothers, Raff and Garrick of Pels Pod and also joined as always by Elliot Clough of Pelicans Plus. And before we got onto this stream, we had talked about we're going to be positive, but we have to talk <laughs> a little bit about the negativity uh, surrounding this team right now. So um, I'm just uh, we're going to talk about we're going to go from Elliot to Raff to Garrick. Um, right off the bat, Zion and Griffin, that there is clearly um, there's clearly something going on here. Now, the piano man, it's very odd. And that's <laughs> year old. But it seems, Elliot, since day one, there's been a there's been a problem. Um, and going into this season, it being year three of Zion and Griff, this is a very big, big big year uh, for David Griffin. This cannot be what he wanted to start camp. Oh, hell no. No, (laughs) no, not at all. And that's just, I mean, it's been the last two and a half years. I mean, Christian's article wrapped it up incredibly well. Um, You know, timing with everything uh, and that article, you know, coming out isn't, isn't the greatest for, for the organization at all, obviously. But like, I mean, I, I tweeted this out. I probably the day of the the article came out and I said, you know, Griff, you've been in the league for how long? You've been in a bunch of front offices. Just talk to the guy. Don't play the fucking piano. <laughs> like this isn't hard. Like it's just it, and Jake said it on on the round table we did a couple days ago where he said, uh, just be a human being. Yeah. Like that's 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 all you got to do. That's what Willie Green's good at, and I know we we're going to talk about Willie Green and be positive in, in, in that sense. But this this shouldn't be so freaking hard. Like you don't you don't have to be this upper echelon genius and and think you're running the whole thing from top to bottom. Just do your job. Just yeah. do your job. And and Raph, he he said something interesting there. Just just communicating. Do you think that's a problem between these two right now? Just simple communication. Yeah, I think it's very similar to what happened with. Um, with Stan Van Gundy, right? So you come in, you've got an older coach from a different generation, different way of communicating, or you're now talking to a 19-year-old, a 20-year-old, 21-year-old, 22-year-old. You sitting down to play the piano is not going to resonate well with guys that turn on their their phone, they're they're listening to uh, the baby. That's not the same <laughs> conversation, right? Like you, your your lines of communication are co- completely crossed, and so you know. To, to your point, Elliot, you're doing too much. We don't, no one's asking for our GM to be best friends with our superstar, right? Put teams, uh, do your job, be, be, uh, be competent in terms of what you're putting together as far as a roster. Like when you take a sit back and say, does that make sense? Don't walk away and walk into the season and be like, yeah, Eric Bledsoe is our, is our uh, starting shoot, shooting guard. That doesn't make sense, right? And so, you know, there's been some good and bad with 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 Griffin's tenure. He's done great, great in terms of uh, player recruitment from a, a drafting standpoint, but the free agency, the the mesh between the team, the coaching, a, a lot of the moves are just head scratchers in a lot of ways. And so, you know, going into the season, all that aside, it was show up or show up time for Griffin anyway. If the team didn't perform anyway he was probably on his way out and now it's just added emphasis. So, 
you know, that's where I'm at with it. Derek. Yeah, yeah, no, it's <laughs> Griff has a lot of Kanye in him, right? So he has this like weird <laughs> genius thing going on where like he thinks that, you know, he's he's like Jedi mind tricking you into, you know, doing all of these different things. When in reality, it's not that's not what we need. You know, the Zion is a, you know, from him coming into this uh to the, the organization and the draft time and and all of that you you got this salt of the earth kind of kid uh going on right and so you know technically you know zion out of his mouth has not said anything right so to have griff come in there and kind of serenading him with a piano um i thought it was satire at first i was like there's no way that this is real um but you know those are the type of things that when you when you when you have this there's kind of like power. And I don't want to say it's a complex. It's more of a, this is the way things have been. And this is the way, this is the situation that I have been in. And it's kind of a little bit of like, this is the way, my way. And so you you have this kind of going on. And as what Raph was saying, you got these kids in there, man. These kids who are multimillionaires. You got to, you heard a lot about, you know, the things that Mark Jackson would do that, that the players kind of didn't really gel with you know it wasn't so much him as a person and the things that he did but just his antics and the way he went about doing things that those players kind of was like uh you know and that's kind of why mark is, is is still being a little you know black ball from the league um but you see a lot of that with, with griffin and and you know when when christian dropped this article uh like you know like ellie was saying and, and Raph was saying this was already a big year for for the for the franchise coming up especially for david griffin um especially what kind of the things like people are starting to question like you know, these words that you're giving out in this presser page that you run in this, this burner presser page that Griff is running, um, those, those words are incredible. But I mean, you know, what are some of the things that we can put on paper and some of the tangible things that we can see? So, you know, it's, it's like that. And uh, Garrick, I want to talk about that point because that's what pisses me off as a fan. Listen, I, I know basketball. I've, I've played for 30 years. I've coached now for nine. I know what's going on. And most of this fan base knows what's going on. The way he handles his press conference is like he's kind of talking down on us. Like we don't understand what's going right. on. Right. Right. Can you just talk to us like a human being, which clearly he can't do. Maybe he can play the piano in press conferences. I'm just thinking to the point of can you just communicate? And he seems like he has a problem communicating not only in the press conferences, but to his players as well. I think he's so worried about the way people think about him instead of just trying to win basketball games. That that's where like I, all this bullshit's coming in, you know, and there's more stuff behind the scenes. I'm sure going to start leaking out here sooner or later, mm-hmm. but now you're starting to see, you know, leaks are starting to come out in multiple places now. Right. Elliot, mm-hmm. like this isn't a tight ship anymore. Like, I, I, there's no doubt in my mind either Chris Finch or Alvin Gentry's camp said something about the piano because that had been held in for a, a very, very <laughs> and only so many people. And remember, this is the bubble. So not a lot of people had access, especially media members. Not a lot of people had access to that piano. So Elliot, a lot of leaks coming out now. This, this is just not a good situation. Not at all. It's got it's got to be that that camp, right? And maybe Chris Finch is like he he knew the story was going to drop about Rosas, and he tried to get in there before <laughs> burn it all down. <laughs> it's a possibility. Right. And just to add to what Raph Garrick and, and you're saying, Justin, it's just saying one thing and doing another. Yeah. There's this narrative of family. Well, you got three coaches in three years. You right. got a complete roster overhaul every single off season. That doesn't look like a family to me. Right. I mean, it's 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 that it's the it, like you said the talking down. Like 
if you were to read a page one letter at a time, like all that <laughs> bullshit. Yeah, it's and like stupid or something. Like yeah. we're not fucking stupid. Yeah, we're a Palpatine speaking to. <laughs> yeah. We're in a press conference. Like I want answers. Like he, like his Stan Van Gundy description of why he fired him. Was like he fired him because he fucking sucked. Okay. The flowery words, brother. The, the, the words. He's a, he's a master with words, man. And he's got the he's got the professional gift of gab. Yes. So essentially, he's able to mansplain, grifsplain, anything to make it seem like it's a positive thing. But most basketball fans can see through that and be like, bro, what are you talking about? But from the casual fan, I'm like, oh, nothing's wrong with the Pelicans. And so I think that's his type of approach, which you could see how, again, these 20-year-olds are like, man, don't talk to us like that. We're not stupid. Like, we get it, right? And so uh, I think that's the disconnect right now. And so yeah. what I would like to see him do is kind of just – Get away from the media. Stop talking. Just start making moves, putting people in place, move Josh Hart at the deadline, get us some more shooters in here, and just stop talking. Let them play. Let, let Willie Green run the team. You be a GM and go go sit up there. And, and to wrap it all up, sorry, Justin, it's been two and a half years, and this dude was given everything. Like everything. After the, the Anthony Davis trade, he was handed a platter of young players, ton of picks, and, you know, he had to trade a first-round pick to get Steven Adams, now had to trade a first pick to get rid of Steven Adams, traded a first pick to get Devontae Graham. And, like, I was – I mean, and, and Garrick, you said it. I, I, Raph, you said it. I'm, one of you guys said it. <laughs> the offseason was pretty good with the moves, I, I thought. I like Jonas. I like Devontae. Maybe not how they were acquired, yeah. but I think they're a lot better fits than what this roster had last year. But he has to make up for the mistakes that he already made. That's sure. the shitty part. Yeah, and, and I think Raph said it too. Um, he's drafted well. Maybe you get it, but he's drafted well. He has. Like Kyrie Lewis is not look. He's not there yet. But mm -hmm. Trey Murphy's been looking nice. Naw's looking nice. And from where, from what we have heard, Jackson Hayes has been really, really good in training. Mm -hmm. camp. Uh, mm -hmm. So yeah, that's good. And, and Garrick, I'm gonna start with you here because I want to start talking basketball. I'm I'm so sick and tired Absolutely. of talking about fucking you know. Zion. As, the, as the world Perfect. turns, as the Pels turn, man. Yeah. Right. So let's start talking basketball. Garrick, I'll start with you here. You know, a lot has been debated. You know, your five, four, and three are pretty set in stone with JV, uh, Zion, and BI. Mm -hmm. Now, kind of the debate here is who's going to be your one and two moving forward. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm interested to hear, you know, who's the point guard, who's going to be your shooting guard uh, to start the season. Uh, well, to start the season, I would, I would venture to bet that it's going to be, um, you know, it's going to be either Nikel Alexander Walker, um, at your point guard or shooting guard, Devontae Graham, doesn't really matter where, you know, those guys are, um, in the, in, you know, it's just your backcourt. However, and Raph and I have talked about this extensively off the pod, as well as on the pod, um, on Nikel and Brandon Ingram's birthday, I tweeted happy birthday to my backcourt. And I think that there is a there is something there um, with the Nikel uh, backcourt, uh, Nikel and Brandon Ingram backcourt, um, along with Trey Murphy, Zion, um, and Jonas, or you know Jackson, or whoever's playing at that point in time. Um, I think that that is a a very like it's a it's a it's a very fluid and very flexible um, lineup. I think that, you know, Brandon Ingram has to get better defensively, obviously, um, you know, guarding two guards, quicker two guards may be an issue for him. Um, but I don't think that there's a lot of two guards that could take advantage of Brandon Ingram uh, just simply because of his length and everything. Um, but Raph knows that 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 <laughs> that no B.I. 
Trey, um, Zion, either JV or Jackson lineup, that is the lineup that I think either will close games or will be um, eventually going to be a major uh, lineup soon. Um, just because Devontae Graham is so good at getting buckets and scoring that I think that if you bring him off the bench, that you give him the keys to score and he doesn't have to worry about getting Zion involved, getting Brandon Ingram involved. Is Jonas, is, is Jonas eating? Is JV eating? Um, I think if you just sub him in kind of like a similar, like a Jordan Clarkson type role where you just come in and like, hey, the bucket is there. Go get him. Um, I think that that helps bolster the bench and it kind of it kind of um, it kind of balances out all of the, the, the defensive minded guys you have on the bench, like a Najee, um, like a Didi, like players like that, uh, Herb and all of those players. So I think, um, you know, if you can find a way to get those five on the court, uh, I think that that's the best possible lineup for the Pelicans. And, and something to piggyback your comment, I'll go to you here, Elliot, and then Raph. Um, how long is that team that's starting five with no? Uh, yeah, right. I mean, that is some they, they can stand point. on each side of the paint and uh, right. each side of the wing and touch each other if they print, you know, if they spread out each other's right. arms. So, I, Be- I, I, yeah, absolutely. Because what's what's starting to become a thing now in the NBA is zone defense. Like, it, mm. I, now I know it's not being played 10, 15 minutes a game, but like there are certain points in a game, right, where you need to stop or, or something like that to turn the yeah. momentum. They're Miami, going Miami plays heavy, yeah. heavy zone. Yeah. Uh, they, yeah. they went zone against Milwaukee. Um, in the regular season, two uh, yeah. both times and beat them. And then they went zone. Uh, I remember there was a game that they were down about 15. They went zone um, and it, uh, against the 76ers and then beat the Sixers by like 20 because yeah. they just couldn't beat crack the zone. I think, with, like you said, the with line. those wingspans, that, that's that's the wave, man. Yeah. Elliot, what do you, who do you see as your uh, – we, we know three, four, five. Who, who do you see right. as your court? Well, to add to the length thing, on top of having Trey Murphy and B.I. on the floor – you got Najee Marshall and you got Herb Jones on the bench. Mm-hmm. So it depends yes. on how ready Herb Jones is, but we know Najee is is ready to go. Yeah, um, absolutely. Last season in the summer league. But in terms of the the one and two, to me, I, you know, I, I think a lot of people are in the same boat. We don't have to have it figured out now at all. Like there's a lot of different ways it can go. The way I lean is, is Devontae and Nah. Um, just because I think that pairing would work really well together in terms of perimeter defense, Nah can guard opposing, you know, point guards and shooting guards, depending on who the, you know, if he wants to be the point of attack defender, uh, Devontae, you're going to have to hide him defensively. You just Absolutely. Are. Like that's, that's just what you got to do. Um, and, and to have Nah out there on top of that is, is really a, a positive. He's, if it's, if it's those five, Nah is clearly the best defender though. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's where you're going to run into some, to some issues. If, if you're starting on that, that way, you're just going to have to outscore people when you first with that starting lineup. Um, But in terms of if you want to switch it up, I mean, honestly, a lot of people haven't talked about this, but I would be kind of interested in Tomas starting Sato starting from here here and there Um, just because he's, I mean, he's a facilitator. He wants to make other guys better. And Mm -hmm. when you got a ton of scorers out there on the floor, I mean, not, I really think he's going to take a leap this year. I think a lot of, a lot of people do. Nah, B.I., Zion, and and Jonas can eat, man. Jonas can eat. That's that's the yeah. slept on, bro. I, I call him the run game in the fourth yeah. quarter. Just hand it all <laughs> yeah. HP guys. Yes, sir. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. And, uh, Sato, from what I've been told, I had – I don't even know this guy's last name because it's so long. Mark K., he's Australian. He hosts the Bulls HQ pod, has a bunch of followers on Twitter. But I had him on to talk about Sato. I had him on to talk about – Garrett Temple a couple weeks ago. And he said Sato's a pretty, I mean, good enough team defender. 
He's going to make your team better. He's not going to make a ton of mistakes. He's a floor raiser, not necessarily a ceiling raiser. Mm -hmm. And we've got a team with a bunch of young guys. You don't, and and after what we saw from last year, I'm a okay with having a floor raiser for sure. Um, and, And I'm not necessarily saying day one start Sato, but if it's a situation where you're like, Okay, you know, let's bring Devontae off the bench to be a scoring punch, you know, and, and run that second unit. Sato could be a really good fit amongst those guys. And I'd like to see maybe by the end of the year, we see Trey start and move, you know, B.I. to the two, Zion to the three. And, you know, it's – I don't want Nikhil Alexander-Walker to be the primary ball handler. He nope. said it himself, he is the two. If you can, you can put the ball in his hands to initiate possessions here and there. And I think, you know, it can be a run by committee kind of thing at the one because yeah. you got yeah. point Zion. BI, you know, was iffy with starting possessions mm-hmm. last year. Um, Kyra off the bench, Na from time to time, and then Devontae too. So, and then Sato. So there's, yeah, there's a lot of different ways they can go. So, Raph, three, four, five are set. Wondering who's your backcourt. Sure. So, I mean, I'm with Garrick in a lot of ways. I would love to see Nam Bi be that be that backcourt with Trey uh, at the four. But you know, if it's if that's not realistic, honestly, I do not want Devontae to start. Not because I don't want him to have the minutes, just because I love him in that role of scorer off the bench, like a Lou Will. Like you have free reign. Don't let the offense get in the these clunks where either Bi or Zion are sitting down and we have no idea how to score in the half court, like be that facilitator, be that person that brings that energy, who's able to get their own bucket and to set people up. He's a very underrated playmaker in the pick and roll. And so if B.I. is down or Zion's down, he's going to be able to get buckets for himself and for other people as well. And so I think he has that ability more so than anybody else on our bench. And so if he sits down, if Trey's not ready to start, I'm looking at either Najee or Josh Hart. And because to your point earlier, if if Devontae is starting, Nas is your only defender um, in your – honestly, you're, you're starting five. And mm-hmm. so I want another person in there to supplement because with B.I., Nas, and Zion, you're going to get enough buckets up. That's not going to be the problem. Scoring is not going to be the and issue. And JV. And JV. And, yeah. and JV. Both of them are – you know, Josh Hart had a down year shooting the three. Uh, I You know, I, I tend to lean Najee more than Josh Hart, but – one of them got 12 million, right? So one of them has to get traded at the deadline. So if that's if that's the case, right, I need another guy who's going to play defense and can hit an open three. So then when I go back to my bench, I've got someone who's going to keep the offense flowing, keep the, the offense going. I do think Zato's going to be in the in the rotation, but I want him in that second unit uh, to kind of supplement those other guys more so than be the main facilitator. And we're going to talk – Oh, by the way, all three great points. Um, we're going to talk more about Brandon Ingram because I do think defensively he has to take that step, right? It, it, oh, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're not going to be shit unless Zion and B.I. <laughs> defensively. Absolutely. It's not that our B.I. has all the tools to do so. But it's not how you start. It's how you finish. And, you know, we can say all these starting fives and all this different kind of stuff. It really doesn't matter. It's the NBA. You're going to go on runs throughout the entire game. The problem this team has had for two straight years is closing games. They, yep. you know, every 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 year it's, well, who's our closer? Who's our closer? Who's our closer? Well, it's Zion. Well, it's Brandon. It's, this is the problem. You got to surround Zion. You got to go bully ball and go, or you got to go small ball, surround Zion with four shooters. And then that's it. That's like, that is, you then take your matchup. So what I would love to see in a closing group, Nah, Najee, B.I., Trey, and Zion. You put mm-hmm. Trey at the four. You go B.I., Najee, no, you, you switch one through five. Just mm-hmm. switch one through five, deal with it, and then you surround Zion with technically four really, really good, not really, really good, but good 
good enough shooters to knock down an open three. And, and, and that's just been the problem the last two years is that these teams in the last five minutes just clog the lane and make life hell for B.I. and Zion. Because here's the thing. We don't make it easy for B.I. I mean, if you look at the film, if you watch the, the last five minutes of the game, look at just everybody, weak side help, just all the way over as far as possible. And th- there's no driving lanes for Brandon Ingram because lately you had like a Josh Hart closing the game who, in essence, like Raph, he's a 31% three-point shooter. Like, yeah. I'm not – listen, I'm – that's not good. <laughs> That's not good. You had Eric Bledsoe. Like, he was, right. oh. we all knew, like, he was dog shit. Like, the, there's the just. Pelicans played two and a half on five exactly. every yeah. single game. And yeah. half was either Lonzo was hitting or he wasn't. Right. And if he no was in hitting, between. They, there was no in between. Right. And if he was hitting, you got that point five. But like you, <laughs> like you said, everybody else was clogged into the lane. And if I'm not looking at, 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 in, the, in the fourth quarter, if I'm not looking at, if I'm not even paying attention to Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe, and if Lonzo is having a bad game, then I there is two, four, six, at least eight pair of eyes on Zion and Brandon Ingram every time they dribble the ball. And that's why I was, and just to, just to kind of go a little bit, that's why I was telling Pelicans fans that they should be actually excited about what Brandon Ingram and Zion did because they did that playing two and a half on five the whole yes. season. Yes. And they still average 27 and 25. Like, if you give these guys somebody, somebody <laughs> where they just have to – the defense can't completely leave them open and they have to at least look at them, right. then what, what, is this, what does this offense look like then? Right, and this is where I got crushed. And I'm going to go to Elliot and Raph here in a second. But this is where I got crushed, and I, I, and I couldn't understand why I was getting so much backlash – but I want Zion at the five. Does that mean I need Zion at the five? No. That means Zion is my five, technically. You just switch one through five and go from there. You had Steven Adams and Derek Favors closing out games next to Zion last year, in the last two years. Does that make any sense? It, it makes zero sense. Can, mm-hmm. Elliot, or let's you know what? I'm going to start with Raph, then go to Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Close no, no. Go. Uh, I'm 100% with you on that, right? Um, Zion's never going to be that paint protector that you're looking for. Um, that's never going to be his case. What I saw from, from Trey in the summer league is he kind of has a little bit of that to him as well. And I think what we're missing here is I think this could be a fluid thing, depending on the matchups, depending on the night. Cause I think there's going to be games where Jackson closes out the game because of his ability to switch play perimeter D and to lock down the paint. So I, sure. this roster already in comparison, to the last roster has more options, right? Last Man, if year, Jackson takes another leap. If Jackson, I'm about to say, apparently leap. Jackson pulling up from the timeline. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> Can he just hit a 15 footer first? That's all. That's all. That's all. That's all. That's all. Can we? That's all. Can we just hit a little? A little. Yeah. Right. right. But that was another thing that pissed me off. I'm going to hear Elliot here in a second. That Stan Van Gundy would never make an adjustment and try Jackson Hayes to close out a game last year. Just try it. You know, Elliot. You know, that's why he was so close minded. But Elliot, go ahead. I totally interrupted you, Raph. So if there's anything you want to interrupt me for no, right no. now, you go no, for it. No, I'll man. You. 100%. Jackson, I'm a, I'm a non, I'm a Jackson Hive guy. So, you know, I had to get my two cents in, but go ahead. Yes, absolutely. So I, what I'm thinking for, for a closing lineup, obviously, I, I mean, even when we talked about the starters, it's, it's just there's so much flexibility, right? So much flexibility with ways you can close out games, ways you can start games, ways you can switch rotations. You know, obviously, I think it's obvious that there's three that you want in a closing lineup to me. It's Devontae, it's B.I., and it's Zion. Because Mm -hmm. Devontae's incredible in the clutch. Mm -hmm. Zion's unstoppable. B.I.'s going to hit a shot, right? And then it comes down to who you want to close. If you want Zion to be your five, you can put Trey in. If you want 
Nod to be your two. You can put him in. And I mean, I, like you said, it's just guys who can make shots around Zion. Devontae, because he's clutch, going to be a, a negative defensively, which is yeah. which is not great late. Na, who is great on both ends. B.I., who can hopefully take a leap on, on the defensive end. And I really, really, really think that Willie Green is going to get an incredible level of buy-in from him and, and Zion defensively this year. Mm-hmm. I really do. I'm so high on Willie Green. It's insane. Um, but, I, I you know, I, I like the idea of Jackson closing, too, because, I mean, if you have Zion well, hopefully in shape, Jackson, B.I., uh, Devontae, and Nah, you can just get out and go. Like, yeah. you can just fly. And and we talked uh, – there was a specific lineup that that had that last year. I can't remember what it was. It was the exactly. death lineup. I called it the yeah, death yes, lineup. Right. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was my favorite. It was the speed. It was Kyra, Hart, Zion, Nah, and – Najee, B.I., Jackson? Or in B.I. Jackson. Uh, was, I, I don't know. I forget what it was. Yeah, me too. <laughs> was such but, a I don't even know. <laughs> but in essence, uh, the the three mainstays to me will be Devonte, um, uh, uh, Bi, and, and Zion. Um, and, and you know, obviously, like I said, flexibility will be important here. It depends on your matchups, all that. If you trust Devonte defensively late in the games. If you want, uh, you know, a last second shot, Devontae's a guy you might lean on instead mm-hmm. of Bi instead of Zion because. He's a shot maker. Yep. He's showing it. Yeah. He is. Yeah. Just, so. just a just a little bit, not to interrupt you, Ellie, but just no, you, you were great. talking about you were talking about Jackson. Um, I think I kind of lean and I, I kind of like Jackson as the five um to kind of fig uh close things out just because I think he can kind of give a little bit of the of the Rudy Gobert um kind of upgrade defensively. And what I mean by that is that jazz defenders play a lot more pressure defense because they know they have somebody behind them to kind of close, you know, you know, clean up any kind of uh, mistakes they have. And we saw with Jackson Hayes' five-block game that, like, he'll go for those. And now he's starting to kind of put it together where he doesn't jump for everything. He doesn't, like, foul every single time. Um, and we saw that that five-block game that he's, you know, he's there and can change a game defensively. And so I think, like, in, 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 in really, like, clutch times and really times where you need to have not only great offense, but you might need to get a stop or two here uh, and there, I think that having Jackson on the floor and having him kind of patrol the paint and be around, um, depending, like Rav said, flexibility, obviously, if they have a small ball five, then you make those changes. But if there's a big out there, then you would, you know, if you have Jackson out there, maybe those those perimeter defenders may feel a little, you know, a little more comfortable pushing up and playing more pressure defense, um, knowing that Jackson Hayes is back there, as opposed to kind of having, like we had last year, where people were just like, in between playing if they you know you can't you had steven adams there so he's not really a shot contest person or block block so you 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 know you 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 couldn't really post up you couldn't really pressure too much because if they got past you it was pretty much a bucket two points um yeah so jack, yeah, so jack i think jackson could kind of fix a lot a lot of that and jackson comparing him to you know a go bear role like that he's 10 times the athlete that right Gobert is. exactly yes. exactly 10 times exactly yeah. And, and to your point, Garrick, he, you saw it, in, and I think we all saw it, the progression he made, right? He, I think he went through that stretch where he got benched, he got a couple of DMPs. Mm-hmm. He really became um, disciplined on the defensive end, right? Every time, like, Jackson come in two quick fouls and he's out, right? Mm-hmm. That yep. didn't really happen later in the year, and, and you could kind of tell he really worked on that. And, you know, I hope the, the whole investigation is past him and we can, like, kind of move forward because right. I do think he could have gotten – those summer league minutes have been really beneficial to him. Oh but, my 
my God. I you would have dominated something. Oh, you would have dominated something. <laughs> right. That team would have been incredible, man. Right. Oh, and like, so it hurts, but like from what we've heard from you know him showing up in Nashville, and the great thing about Jackson since this happened, he hasn't said a word, right? He's just kind of like gone about his business. Mm-hmm. Seems like he's like just maybe has a clear head now and like let's move forward. No Instagram videos. No oh, Instagram yeah, no. videos. Love yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is completely foreign to all of us. <laughs> right. So, you know, we've heard really good things from Nashville. So, you know, moving forward and it's so good to talk about like exciting things. Like we're not. I'm going to start off. We'll, we'll start with, uh, we'll go to Garrick, then we'll go to Rath and Elliot. Um, who you're most excited about. And, and it's not a player. It, it, it's Willie Green. Uh, and I think that, as I think you said it, Elliot, you're going to see a buy-in from this team. It, it means something to have a coach. It, you got to have a leader. You got to have a guy. Now, Willie Green's 39 years old, but he's won, right? He's played with some of the best players. He's coached some of the best players. You hear nothing but great things about him. Stan Van Gunny was toxic. He didn't know how to communicate. He didn't know how to get the best out of his players. And you, that, that clearly showed. It looked like Brandon Ingram quit two weeks into the season. It's probably something like that. <laughs> With Willie Green, it, it kind of showed in the summer league, and then it's moving forward, right? Progression, and, and you hear, I think, 17 people showed up in Nashville, uh, really good workouts, and, and like carry that momentum, right? I want to talk more about that guy, right? Willie Green being a positive for this franchise, maybe finally getting a head coach that is is good, right? And respect, like Alvin Gentry was great with players and everything like that, but he just mailed it in defensively. Willie Green, I think, will focus both offensively and defensively. And Garrick, I want to hear your your thoughts on who you're most excited about uh, for this upcoming season. Yeah, just uh, absolutely on Willie Green, man. Um, I think you know having a coach that has been in the trenches, um, you know, and has been on you know been on the court and, and things like that will go a long way with with communicating. Um, and then also he's been in the dog days of the Warriors franchise when they were going through their ter- you know turmoil and you know, the things with Kevin Durant and Draymond. So he has a little bit of crisis management under his belt. Um, so I think that that's going to help a lot too. But um, going into this season, man, um, I'm sorry, Raph. I got to do it. I know you're going to do it. It's all right. I, I'm excited about no, man. And I, I know we talk about the jump that he can make. And I know we talk about, you know, all of these things that on the court, the the, the things that, you know, um, that he's going to bring in, and things that we hope that he's worked on, his turnovers and things like that. But I'm looking forward to this this kind of rallying leader that he's becoming. And I think that that's going to be really, really big um, in terms of both, you know, the the team's on-court performance, but kind of getting that culture together and everything. Um, you got to remember that Naw Jackson and Zion were the rooks together. They were the, you know, they were the guys who all hung up together. They were at the, the, the Saints game. Um, you know, during their after they got drafted, they were at the Saints game together. Um, they've been pictured hanging out and tweeting each other in Instagram videos. But I think that Naw is the leader, the 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 vocal leader as well as the as well as the presence leader uh, of the team. Now, of course, Zion and Brandon Ingram are your are your best players. But we heard um, with 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 the old guy and congrats on the retirement uh, <laughs> of what he used to say about this being such a quiet team um, and quiet. You know, they had quiet dinners and stuff like that. I think that no, you saw kind of with his little serenading of the karaoke uh, during the, the during the thing that he has a little bit of a personality. Like he has a he has a welcoming kind of rally around me personality, and I think that that's going to do 
a lot for when the team actually gets together. Um, you know, it's been it's been a crazy offseason. Everybody's everywhere. COVID protocols, things are going on. I think once the team kind of locks in, um, get a couple games under their belt, and Nall kind of establishes himself as the backcourt leader, as the as the guard going forward, um, kind of not looking over his shoulder anymore, not having to worry about um, you know, who's gonna be starting over him, whether you know, we saw Stan kind of pull put him to the side and not play him. And then we saw Nick Nurse play, not play him, start Corey Joseph in the in the in, you know in the in the Olympics. And so I think that now that he kind of has this like look, everybody has bought into you are our backcourt guy. I am really looking forward to that confidence being instilled into Naw and to see what that jump brings because I really think you know, as a starter, we've seen him give Kawhi and Paul George 37 and 30 points here and 25 points there. And as a starter, he averaged 20 points a game. I think if you give him that that role as a as a full time starter without having to worry about being benched or, or, or being pulled because of politics or whatever it is. And I think Willie Green is not going to do is not going to be you know, he's not going to have a lot of that. Yeah. I think I'm really excited. And I think no. Uh, I'm a hot take it. I think no might be might be knocking on the door of an all star burger. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh. 20, 20, 20, 23 point per game score. If the Pelicans stay healthy as a as a as a four five seed around that, if they stay healthy and this team, as we saw with all this talent around, I think no will be the guy to to kind of make that jump. And if he's not an all star, he's gonna be that guy who may maybe next year or, you know, if things kind of were a little bit different, he would be in that kind of ca- uh, category. I was prepared for him to say hot take and say most improved player. <laughs> That's not a hot take. Everyone says that. Ralph, go ahead. Say what well, I said, man. <laughs> I, listen, my, my, my brother took my player. Um, I absolutely think now is going to have a monster year as well. Uh, but uh, a person I would say I'm very looking forward to it. Ellie and I just talked about it. Jackson Hayes. Hopefully he can put this arm behind him because I don't think what people are really kind of digesting the player Jackson was turning into when he came back from being bitches, he, there was, there were games where he was the best player on the floor. Like he was locking down the paint. There, there was a, we haven't had that since, you know, that one guy who played here for quite some time, <laughs> except Jackson's willing to play the five. He's willing to play the floor. He's got the ability to play the four. You saw him stretch and be able to contain on the perimeter. So if you got a guy who's locking down the paint and a guy who can switch at the end of games and a guy who's shooting free throws at 75, 80% and who's starting to extend away from the basket, like that's a player and he's 21. Like that's, that's a player who's like, whoa. And so to, to your point earlier, I think Willie Green coming over and having DeAndre Aiden before this, He's going to see Jackson Hayes and say, you might be better than him. Because athletically, I think he is. And the way that he can handle the ball, there was a possession I remember last year when he went court, full court. He went court to – I said, excuse me? Jackson, pass. Jackson, pass. Oh, Jackson. No, sir. Okay. Fives don't do that in the NBA unless you're Giannis, right? They just don't do that. And so <laughs> as he grows in his development, his game, I the sky's the limit. I – Honestly, I'm happy that we didn't extend JB without him playing a minute because we learned Weird. from our mistakes. <laughs> it's crazy how that works. I love what we did <laughs> because it buys Jackson one more year to gain a little weight, to, to get a little bit more experience on his butt. So that next year, I think he's your start, starting five. And you can say, like, if, if Jackson becomes the starting five and you feel comfortable with, like, a Billy or getting somebody else who's just in that, you know, secondary five role and you can Soak save up some of the big man money. in it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
I mean, Willie's on a really cheap deal for good reason. Billy, I guess. Sorry. Yeah. But, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I totally agree with, with both of you. I, I Maybe not the all-star thing with not, but not, not yet. Not yet. I got you. I got okay. you. <laughs> maybe I'll get there. But I completely agree. Jackson, not very excited to see the leap they take. And I'm going to take a, kind of a the other easy young guy to be excited about. It's Trey Murphy, man. Great. I mean, what did we see in the summer league? Not only is he incredibly talented, not only is he savvy in terms of, of defense and, and when to put up shots, how to get open, moving off ball. The dude is great in an interview. He's mature. He said, I want to prove that I'm coachable. And as a kid who's 21 coming out and saying that, joining a team that has already Zion, B.I., Jackson, Nah, all these other talented guys, Devontae. I mean, I think he's so incredibly self-aware. Like, it, you just don't get that from 21-year-olds. You just yeah. don't. I mean, he transferred from Rice to get better at what he wasn't good at yeah. at Virginia. He wanted to get better defensively. I mean, on top of that, do you guys know how tall he was when he graduated high school, by chance? No. Six four. Yeah, I heard he was. He was what six, six five. five. Yeah, six I've five. Heard. He's yeah. six nine now, and he's yeah. twenty one, so he could still grow a little bit more. Man. So I mean, I and he puts a little bit more weight on his frame. I feel like there's going to be plays where we're just like, "Holy shit, that guy's yeah. a rookie!" Like I, I really firmly believe that. And secondarily, Trey, Trey's my top one, but Devonte Graham. You look up his highlight tape. It's like 90% three-pointers. Yep. Like this team just has not had that. And I nope. really think Devontae is going to have an incredible impact on this offense uh, that we just haven't seen in the last two, three years. Yeah. Um, and I'm a, I'm a, I want to go off of a hot take here, but I do think that <laughs> Herb Jones jumps Josh Harden the rotation a week or two into the season. Oh, I heard he went to the season. Okay. Nope. Going that quick. I don't okay. think Josh Harden is much of a – I think he's going down the totem pole. And I think like his his contract's so easily movable. Like just gonna call that out. Right We're now. competing for hot takes now. <laughs> <laughs> call that right now. Call that right now. Um moving forward though, uh, a couple more things before we wrap it up. Let's talk about the face of the franchise. That's Brandon Ingram. Um we all know what he is, right? He's he's a quiet kid, but he's a kid, and from what we've heard, he works his ass off. He's always in the gym. He's just a nice he's he's in my opinion, he's a star and he's very, he's not very high maintenance, right? He just shows up, does what he does. And like, that's just who Brandon Ingram is. But mm -hmm. at, the, at the end of the day, if you're going to be a max player, you're going to be a face of a franchise. You got to bring it defensively. I know what he can do offensively. I think he's one of the, maybe a top 10, 15 offensive player in this league right now. And I think under Willie Green, he'll move into a top 10 player because offensively he's really good. He needs to be really good at off-ball movement, right? Whether it be down screens with Zion, all that different kind of stuff. And I think Willie Green's going to teach him that, kind of like the Steph Curry, Clay Thompson type, right? Clay Thompson's deadly because he's so great off the ball, reading screens and such, right? And I think Willie Green and that coaching staff are going to kind of take Brandon Ingram to that next level. But this team's going to be good. And I mean good, like 5-6 seed, what they should be. They got to – Ingram has to take a step defensively. I don't care who you are. If you've played basketball, you don't have to be talented to play defense. You got to have a little bit of heart and a little bit of a brain. Okay, right? You you, you got to get in the stance. You got to understand where the ball is, move with the basketball, all that different kind of stuff. Brandon Ingram's 6'9 with length and he's quick. Okay. So, like, at some point, he's got to make it a priority that I'm going to get better defensively. And what was so disappointing about Brandon Ingram last year is that in the press conference, or maybe it was his exit, his exit presser before Stan Van Gundy got here, he said he was going to work defensively. Clearly, he did. 
or he quit on Sam Van Gundy. I don't either or. But this year, I'm gonna start with you, Raf. I need to see Brandon Ingram take a step defensively because the kid's gonna average 25 a night. I already know he's a knock knock down 38 to 40 percent from deep. He's gonna be an 85 plus percent free throw shooter. He's got to take it to the next level defensively. Absolutely. Um, I don't think this team goes anywhere if Zion and B.I. don't take take that next step. And I think everyone, every Pels fan can agree. Um, to your point with Willie Green, what I saw with what he was able to cultivate in such a short time in, in summer league, the guy has a – go back to David Griffith's gift of gab. He has a presence to him, right? He, like people buy into what he's saying. They're understanding what he's doing. It's much different. You as a coach, you should know it's much different to play for a coach then, hey, I want to win for that coach. Like, hey, I'm bought into that coach. Hey, we're riding and dying. Like, we take losses personally. And so when you're in the thick of things in practice, you got to police yourself a little bit. Like, hey, that's not going to be good enough, B.I. And I think the players around us this year, in terms of the, we actually have veterans that contribute and mean something when they say things, just like when we got James Johnson, having those guys at practice to say, B.I., you know you're better than that. You can't let that go now because in the game you're going to let it go. I think that's going to mean, uh, mean a lot to it as well. To your point, he has all the tools. It's different to say, to look at folks like, like Trey Young or like Luka Doncic, who, who might be limited in terms of how good they can be defensively. B.I. has no excuse for why he should not be good defensively. People ain't backing you down uh, on the block uh, at 6'9". At <laughs> like, that's not, that's not today's game. You just got to be able to shuffle your feet and not fall asleep, right? And so if you've got people buying into a system – And if you're the one or if Zion's the one always messing up or always falling asleep or always giving back to you, I don't think that's going to fly anymore. I just think you have a better group around you to help say, hey, let's hold each other accountable so that we all get to that next level. Garrett, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, I think one thing that Griff has done really well uh, this season is constructed this team uh, to kind of put the pressure on Zion and Brandon Ingram. Uh, this is no longer, you know, um, a- as far as we can tell from the additions of Trey Murphy and Jonas and, and Devontae, this is no longer a completely dependent on Brandon Ingram and Zion uh, to be competitive type of team. It's no longer that. It's it's more of a we have more, like you say, flexible options, more available options. And so what this means is that this team will only go as far as – Brandon Ingram and Zion are I mean, take them and this means that Brandon Ingram has to he has to be better defensively and the same goes for Zion as well they have to come back in and they have to be bought in defensively because they have they have players around them who are bought in defensively you have Najee you have Didi you have Josh Hart you have players who Jackson Hayes you have players who are going to be who are, and we saw it in, in some league who are going to compete and be doggish defensively. And so it's going to be more glaring if Zion is getting beat on back cuts, if Brandon Ingram is giving up halfway through the play uh, or is ball watching. It's going to be a lot more obvious to see that. Um, and so I think that Brandon Ingram and, and we we know that this is a guy who the, the season before last, when, when Gentry was here and he, and he had his most improved player of the year season and he had his all-star season, we saw that this this is a guy who can light it up and who can literally win games and change games offensively 
um, you know, by you know, by his by his own when when Zion was out. Now that you have a, a you know more complete roster around you, you have a new coach that's bought in. It has to come upon the stars. Everybody talks about oh, we need Dame. Oh, we should trade for this star, this superstar. You have a superstar and at least an all star on your team. They have to be better. They have to accept the the, the 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 charge of being better defensively and carrying this team to where they think that there should be. The reason the Pelicans aren't good is because our players don't those those star players don't play defense. They weren't they weren't invested and involved in defense. And so I think you know what the what what Griff has done has built this team to say, okay, you guys have to be better. And I'm not saying Griff is saying this, but I'm looking at it as you guys have to be better and you have to be the reason that we go. We have supplemental players. It's on you now. And Elliot, before I get to your point, when we say better defensively, do I mean all NBA defense? Oh, absolutely not. No, absolutely not. Well, Zion said he's winning defensive player of the year, so. I I just just need you to be average. Right now, they are below average. I need you to be average. Because guess what? Both of those kids, how many teams in this league, Elliot, I want to get your point, but how many teams in this league can go into a game and be like, my my top two guys are going to drop 55 on you every single game? Every single game. You know? And like, so like, just be average defensively, Elliot. Go ahead. So I have four points when it comes to this. Ooh, okay. Uh, for for Brandon Ingram, reasons I believe he's going to get better is well, Raf hit one. You got vets who are going to hold this guy accountable. And you know Garrett Temple, I really think he's in a position to come in and influence this team from an IQ perspective and from a leadership perspective. He not might not be in the rotation a ton, but I mean, there's a reason he led one of those dinners and said, "Hey, knock." Your turn, you know, yeah, and, and I, mean, I think Naw is in a position where he's been around the team long enough to feel like he can step up and say something in, in, in that regard as well. Yeah. And I've heard a lot about Devonte in terms of his leadership that it's really positive that he's going to step in and, and be a leader with this team. And then he got Sato, and I think these guys just genuinely, even the the new guys, really want to invest. Like Sato in these interviews that we've seen from this Czech Republic guy, <laughs> uh, random. Has, yeah, I'm super random. <laughs> like Sato's like ride or die Pelican already. <laughs> like, like I mean, played a minute. So I, I I love that. Um, second point, Stan Van Gundy's gone. Like we talked about <laughs> this uh on one of our roundtables, Justin. I think it was what you and and Chris and Jesse had to bounce, but. I really think part of the reason he wasn't as good defensively last year was because of rebelliousness. <laughs> like he was just a, it was just another fuck you, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I, really, I really believe that because Stan Van Gundy wanted them to be better defensively. They ultimately got better, but B.I. was just not, just not doing it. Um, not third point, it. I guess that's the – oh, yeah, third point is Willie Green, man. Like, I, I to, to continue to uh, – I don't – I mean, I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but – Green, he led the the Suns defense these last two years, led it this last year. They were top 10, top eight in like every major statistical category. And he was a defensive-focused player when he was in the league. And cultivate buy-in. Golly, this team needs a guy to cultivate buy-in. And with Willie, you know, the the it was Alvin Gentry and an overcorrection to Stan Van Gundy. And I think Willie's the perfect combination of – man, I want to win for this guy, and man, I respect this guy. Like, if he mm-hmm. says, I need this from you, I got it, coach. I'm, I'm going to do it because I want to do it for you and because I want to do it for my team because I want to win. Mm-hmm. And lastly, 
they got guys who are going to take the load off of him offensively, off him and Zion. Devontae is going to fill it up. Jonas can can get a bucket whenever he needs to. You're getting Trey off the bench, who hopefully will be a you know a, a pretty solid spot up shooter. Najee's evolved offensively. I mean, I, I really think especially. Devonte and Jonas are the big pieces here. When I'm talking about their, do you, rem- do you remember the starting lineup? Can you imagine Zion and Brandon Ingram every single game had to be like who else is getting their own shot with Eric Bledsoe, Lonzo, and Stephen Adams out there? And every single game they had to deal with that. Yeah. Every single game, other than the games that not played, obviously, but right, like every single game. So yeah, and I absolutely. mean, Jamel McMillan was was on the pod, uh, on my pod. I don't know at the beginning of last season. And what he said was he wrapped it up. Basically the offense for the entire year is everything is hard. Everything, everything is supposed hard. to be hard. Well, well, I mean like uh, in terms of off, yeah, shot creation and stuff like that. Yeah. that I mean, it was just difficult. They were not making it easy on themselves. And, and I think that was an incredibly succinct, poignant way to put it. And it's true. But Elliot, and they still average twenty seven to twenty. Right, right. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> the problem, and like I've, Elliot, you remember this, and I know I'm, I don't know if y'all saw, like my name got dragged up like three times, especially with that David Fisher guy. But what's good? <laughs> uh, John, but, John, I, Club, I, bro. You know, gets dragged. Listen, listen. You can, you can. I've coached this game for eight years. Stats or whatever. Okay, I think stats are very misleading. You every time, every single time, someone would tell me, "Well, we're eighth in efficiency and this in pace and all this bullshit." We didn't do shit offensively last year. You had two incredible top 10, 15 scores in the league. Yep. That's why we were somewhat okay. Okay, yep. this year you're now implementing in Willie Green. You saw it in the summer league. They averaged eighty something points a game, which is like highest in, in Vegas in the summer league. You're going to start seeing more off-ball movement and more easier shots. I don't. I I can count on one hand. I think it happened four times. A simple down screen on the left left hand side of the court for Zion and Brandon Ingram. Just a simple down screen. Zion goes. Just go down screen for Brandon. Brandon, come off and then get on the left hand side. Very simple basketball, and then overload the right side. It happened. It happened four times. Stuff that you learn in yeah. bitty basketball. <laughs> yeah. No, I I also think, and I know this is a hot topic, but. Uh, I also think the Lonzo thing is addition by subtraction. Yes, Lonzo was great from three, but it was the shots that he didn't take. Like he would get to the lane and like pass it to half court. He'd be like, Lonzo, what are you doing? Just shoot the ball. You're not gonna have that problem with Devontae. Because if he if the bucket is available, he is getting the bucket, right? Mm, You're yeah. not having that problem. Same thing with Steven Adams. You drive to the lane, give him an easy shot. He's not looking for the ball, he's turned around looking for the rebound. You're not going to have that problem again. And so not only those two things that are open off the offense, to your point, there was just no creativity in the offense at all. It was Zion, go get a bucket. B.I., now your turn. Let's figure it out. That was the offense. And it was forced. Like, Dan Gundy made them do half-court offense, and they didn't do the (laughs) half-court offense. Like, they didn't run when they could. I only need to see one play in the summer league, and I'm like, oh, it's going to be already better. It was – Ellie, you might have to help me out here. It was the, the slug, was, the it was against the Clippers. Was against it was a sideline out of bounds. I think it was against the Clippers Locked. when we needed a bucket. Um, it was late in the game. There's like we were down one or two. It happened like like the goaltending thing happened or whatever. Oh, with Trey. Uh, oh, Trey yeah. Trey, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. we all knew that team, right? It was either you're going to give it to Najee or you're going to give it to Trey Murphy, right? Or, or Kyra. That was like Willie Green drew up a play for Herb Jones to simply. It was a Draymond play, right? It was a down screen, catches it around the junction. Fakes the hand, hand off, off takes it down the left hand mm-hmm. side, gets the rim, and I think Trey Murphy tips it in right for the one. Guys, 
I was like, holy shit. Is that motion? That's the only thing I need to see where, hey, you know, it was creativity one and two. It was to somebody that no one thought it was going to go to. It was something like a Sean Payton kind of thing, right? Where like, that's why they're so creative and good. It's like, you don't know who to game plan for. That situation just showed me everything I need to know about Willie Green. Um, is that he's not going to just be Stan Van Gundy, who's just, Sam Van Gundy's just a terrible coach. I have something to say. <laughs> he's just bad. He's bad. Go ahead. It, it permeates trust throughout the team. Yes. Yeah. Very yeah. good point. Josh, Josh Hart said it at the, uh, the end of last uh, last year in the press conference. He said, I thought that I had the ability to take shots, but if anyone took shots outside of B.I. and Zion, we got mad at it. And it's like, you need those guys to develop their games. Like, you need yes. those guys to be comfortable in their own role. The other part of that is they shouldn't have to play half court. With the athletes you have on your team, you should be able to get stops and then be in transition. Like that's where you have an advantage over 99% of the NBA. The guys that you got at the four and the five, nobody can run and jump with. And so you got to get stops to get those guys easier buckets, which we didn't do either. So when you combine all of that, the inability to shoot in the half court, the inability to be creative in half court, the inability to get on fast breaks, that that's injured out of the playing tournament. And, and just to continue to wax poetically uh, with Elliot about about Willie Green, I think something that you uh, uh, something else that's a little different that you'll see, which will continue to kind of bolster the the trust of the team, is that things like when Stan benched Nall after Eric Bledsoe said that he wasn't paying attention. Uh, I mean, not Nall benched uh, Najee uh, after Najee scored like 15 points in, in the game, and then Eric Bledsoe comes out and says, "Oh, I wasn't paying attention in the huddle," and then Eric Bledsoe is starting next season after Stan told us that minutes would be earned but that's neither here nor there but right. those type of things like i don't think willie green will have those type of issues and nope. part of part of what you were saying about like coming up with plays and and having a player in the middle of the floor and, and going to players that that you know you don't expect that comes from having a, a coach that played basketball and i know it seems like a very minute detail but there are things and there are there is vernacular and there is jargon that you have uh, among players and, and, and Justin as a coach, I know you understand this, that like as, the way that you can you can connect to a player being a former player or at least being somebody who has played basketball, um, you know, those those type of things you can connect on a different level than somebody who just hasn't. And, you know, it's not Stan Van Gundy's fault, but it's just something that Willie Green can bring to the to the table that, that Stan just didn't have. Right. And you just nailed it on the head right there. I, I completely agree. And, and the last thing I want to make this for you to sign off is that I think Willie Green, you know, Sam Van Gunn, as we talked about, his half court is very robotic, right? It was just like, you go here, you go there. Willie Green will be implementing more of a kind of a organized dynamic. Yeah. Right. Like dynamic. Like, right. So, like, that's why the Warriors, you know, I was talking about Jamel too, Elliot, is like, that's why the Warriors are impossible to game plan for because it was just organized chaos. It was reading screens. It was, you know, slipping screens. That's why Draymond and Clay and, and Curry, I mean, they're great players, but that's why they just flow so well is because they play off of each other. Stan wanted to control every single little asset or yeah. facet of the game. And that's why, you know, at the end of the game, they shit the bed every time. Like, let's never forget the whole Indiana Pacers up oh, six oh, 20 God. seconds after we lost the game. I know, oh. right? That it's we're, Friday we're, at noon, bro. Why are you trying positive? to ruin a day? <laughs> being positive here. Um, no, this was fun, guys. Thanks for uh, first off, y'all, y'all at Pell's Pod and um, also at Pelicans Plus. They do a great job covering the team. Uh, that's Raf Garrick and then Elliot Clough. Uh, can't thank y'all enough for, once again. Friday at twelve, joining me. That, that's awesome. We got Pelicans basketball nine days away from preseason basketball. Yes, sir. 
Big press conference Monday. We could all agree. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's go. My goodness, I might have to go get uh get some some wings or something and just like <laughs> sit and watch Twitter all day. Just yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be wild. So uh, Raf, Garrick, Elliot, Clough, yeah, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Thank uh, y'all. Have a great man. weekend. Thanks for having us. Absolutely, hoodat as always, and yes, see y'all on Monday. Thanks, guys.